no better way to start off the day with um, a little bit of coffee and today a little bit of Colossians. There's already, you know, early in the morning, well, semi-early. For some of you, you get up at like four in the morning. I'm I'm not the greatest morning person, so I don't do that. But um, even though it's fairly early in the morning, there's a lot going on in the world already. I already got two different text messages this morning from people in the church. One of them has a family member who's all of a sudden in the ER and the other one is dealing with all kinds of work-related stresses, all that sort of stuff. So there's just so much going on. You don't need to hear it from me. You got your own things going on. But this morning, if you would open in your Bibles, if you have a Bible, to Colossians chapter 3 and hopefully you got your coffee. Mm. Somebody asked me how I like my coffee. If I tell you completely, you'll judge me. But it's a, it's a latte with a lot of espresso. Too much for most people. So that's not the worst of it. I know someone will tell me you shouldn't have so much espresso. It's not good for you. But I like it. But that's not the worst of it because it's a latte made with heavy cream. Way too much heavy cream. So not the best thing for you, but... Mm. It tastes good. Colossians chapter 3 is one of those passages of scripture that is just filled with all kinds of great stuff. In fact, I was reading through it early this morning because I was up really late last night and it was early morning. So technically, I had an early morning. I was reading through it and I literally could spend weeks preaching through this passage if we were going through it on a Sunday morning at our church. But some really good stuff here in this passage, and it connects with the stuff I was talking about a few days ago in Philippians chapter 4, where we're talking about mindset, talking about setting your mind on things above. That's from this passage. And meditating, for, Philippians 4, was meditating on those things that are noble and just and good and praiseworthy and admirable and so forth. But here in this passage, it says in the first opening verses, verses 1 through 4, if then you are raised with Christ. So if you're a Christian, it's speaking to you because you've been raised together with Christ. Ephesians 1 says, seated with him in heavenly places by faith, you are in Christ. So if then you're raised with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God and set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. Why? Because you died. Paul says in Galatians 2 that I've been crucified with Christ. So when you become a Christian, that's one of the metaphors. You've been crucified with Christ for you died and your life is hidden with God, with Christ in God. And when Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So we've got things for the past, present, and future in this verse. The past, you have died with Christ. You have been raised with Christ if you put your faith in him. The future, you will be glorified in Christ. There at the end of verse 4, when Christ who is our life appears, then you shall appear with him in glory and then the present right now. In the midst of all the thick of all the things you're going through right now, set your mind on things above. Fix your mind on where you're going, your ultimate destination. It's one of the great things that the Christian has is an ultimate destination. They know where they are going, a destiny. 
And this is one of those important questions. I've talked about this a lot at our church when you're looking at worldviews, ideologies, philosophies. You always want to see how well they answer four or five basic questions. In the past, I referred to these as the iPod questions when I would talk about the four questions, but over time, I've added a, a fifth question to it. So the iPod questions, identity, purpose, origin, destiny, and morality. Who am I? Identity, purpose, why am I here? Origin, where did I come from? Destiny, where am I going to? And morality, what is right and wrong? Those are the essential questions that we need to assess a worldview or a philosophy by. Those are important things to really consider. And I think that Christianity has the most coherent answers to those questions. But here we have this destiny, and that should be our focal point. We know where we're going to be. We're going to be with the Lord in glory. And so he says, set your mind on those things where Christ is. Fix your mind there. Now, of course, the temptation always is for us to have our mind focused on the things of this world, on the things of the day, on the job that you've been furloughed from or the job that you've lost, the commissions that you didn't receive because of COVID-19, the challenges with uh, teaching your kids through homeschool that you weren't planning on doing, all the things that could be absorbing your attention that cause worry, anxiety, stress, depression, all of that. Um, those are the things that we are tempted to focus on. And we can be mindful of those things, which is, I think, a device, a ploy of the enemy. Christians do believe in an enemy, a spiritual enemy. We refer to him as the devil, and um, I think he's very real. In fact, there's a passage in the Gospels where Peter is standing against Jesus and kind of rebuking Jesus, which not always a good picture right there. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, get thee behind me, Satan for you're an offense to me because you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of man. And so I think it's a ploy of the enemy to get us zeroed in on and fixed in on to meditate upon and worry about all of the things of this world. But Paul calls us both in this passage in Colossians chapter three and in other places, another one in Romans chapter eight, to be spiritually minded, to set our minds on things above. And this is essential. If you're going to experience what we saw in Philippians chapter 4, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, then you need to zero in on these things. So that's something to really be meditating upon today, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. But the rest of the passage is really good too. So I hope that you'll take the time to either listen to it, go to the listeningplan.com, listen through it, it'll only take you a few minutes, read through it, maybe read it a couple times throughout the day, and set your mind on these things. Uh, because there's some really good stuff in here. When you get to verses 5 through 17, it's just packed. Like I said, I could spend several hours talking about that passage. Specifically, I just want to finish by looking at a couple of verses, uh, three verses actually, verses 12 through 14, Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as the elect of God, if you are in Christ, you've trusted in him, then you are elect. That's what Ephesians says. You're elect in Christ. Because just as God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, again, all these things are past tense, you are, because of your position in Christ, holy 
It's hard to imagine, but that's how God sees you. He has declared you righteous. That's what it means to justify you. You're holy and beloved. So he says, as a result of this, because you are this, therefore, live it out. This is what Paul also refers to in one of my favorite verses. I think it is my favorite verse in the Bible. In uh, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, where he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. So who's working, you or God? Well, that passage says both. And so he's already worked in you, justifying righteousness. And now he says, work it out. And so here in this passage, same sort of thing. Because you are the elect of God, because you are holy, because you are beloved, put on. He's already told you in the previous verses, put off the old man, which is full of all kinds of unrighteousness. Now he says, put on, like clothing, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you almost also must do. But above all things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. I think I talked about this yesterday in Colossians chapter two, the importance of love in our lives and what that looks like. So these are some really important things to be thinking about, looking at from the scriptures today. And I hope that you will ponder, think on, meditate on them, worry about them, because these are most definitely much better to be worrying about than any of the other things of this earth. So God bless you. Hope you have a great day.